George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management, registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced level tax planning, income, tax preparation, life coaching, and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice. As a CFP and RFC, George McReynolds' mission is to help people create compelling dreams for their future, the plans to attain them, and the time to enjoy them. This is the Prosper Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Prosper Podcast with George McReynolds. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian, riding alongside with George. He's Wealth Manager and Chief Tax Strategist at McReynolds Wealth Management, serving you here in southeastern PA from his office in Lansdale. And you can reach out to George and check us out online at prosperpodcast.com. That's prosperpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the program while you're there on Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your platform of choice is. And as always, if you got questions or concerns, make sure you reach out to George before you take any action at 215-699-1050. That's your number to call. 215-699-1050. George, my friend, how are you? Hi, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Hope that you are doing well. And how's things in your neck of the woods? Things are, are getting fantastic. Uh, I think they're getting better every day. Well, very, very cool. Well, listen, when I get into our program here today, I want to talk a little bit about five simple questions for retirement questions that, well, most people, most of us think they're yes or no, but they're actually a little bit harder than that. So we're going to get into that here in just a second. But before we do, I wanted to run this quote by you that I saw. I thought you might appreciate this and I wanted to get your take on it. Are you familiar with John Bogle, founder of Vanguard? Yes. He just passed away a few weeks ago at age 91. Yeah. He's a local icon here from Philadelphia. Okay. So he had this quote. I wanted to get your take on it. If you are having trouble imagining a 20% loss in the stock market, well, you shouldn't be invested in stocks. He, he was a wise man. And we've taken that to heart. I have a, a protege, a, a power planner, a finance major from Pitt. And he's just he's passed the first part of the CFA. And, and now he's studying for the second part of the Chartered Financial Analyst course. And he was excited to show me a calculation that he learned in college. And, and it's on the, the uh, test material called value at risk. And what it is, it allows you to calculate the probability of loss over different periods of time and at different levels. So if someone says, now, I can't handle a 15% loss. He can go in and do the math and say, okay, the probability of a 15% loss in any sort of time frame is X. And if they can't handle that, then we have to redesign the portfolio because it's what they do when the market goes down is going to determine their ultimate result. As I've said before, all financial decisions, you know, 80% is psychology and the rest is strategy and mechanics, but most of it is psychology. So you have to get the psychology right first. So we're hoping this value at risk by going over it with clients. Of course, we do a diligent job of doing the risk tolerance with a program called Riskalyze, but uh, value at risk will be able to have us personalize it in words that they can understand in their their sense. So they said, no, I can't handle 12 and a half. We'll do the math at 12 and a half and show them the probability. 
Well, yeah, there you go. So a lot of information there when it comes to this. I mean, John obviously was a wise guy. Interesting quote. And you mentioned risk allies. A lot of times people do that. They think, well, I want to be in the market because I want to be able to keep up with inflation and make money. It's the you know wealth tool, all that kind of stuff. But then they're not comfortable with their own amount of risk. So a great first step is usually just having that risk tolerance done and getting that risk score, if you will, and find out where you're at. And a lot of times, George, and I'll get into our main topic here in a second, but a lot of times you tell me, but a lot of people come in and I imagine they think that they they say, well, we want to be exposed to as little risk as possible. But then when you run their current portfolio, they're probably usually way more at risk than they think. You're absolutely right. Yeah. People just wind up in that situation and they don't even know it. So it's a great place to start getting that risk allies done. And of course, you can take advantage of that if you need to. Give George a call, 215-699-1050. All right. So our main topic, five simple retirement questions that aren't always so simple. You know, at first blush, these four or five words may give the impression that the answer could be yes or no, but it's a lot trickier than that. And everybody's situation is so different. We talk about that all the time. We all as humans suffer from the same kind of general Generalities, the same kind of things can happen that affect us, but how it goes in, in money and finance really does branch off and vary so differently from person to person or couple to couple. So let's hit a few of these. If you were to say, you know, Social Security, people are like, well, yes, of course I want to take Social Security. But the harder question is deciding when to take it and how it may affect your total strategy. And so many people just go with what they think is the right answer from the armchair experts that just say, oh, you want to get it as soon as possible. As soon as possible, yeah. Well, if you start taking it at 62, you're going to get a reduced amount. And if you delay taking it after your normal retirement age to up to age 70, you'll get a higher amount. But they often focus on the break-even point and they kind of shortcut their life expectancy. But what they're really leaving out when trying to figure out that break even is that there's a major benefit to the delay because not only we get an increased amount, but you'll get a cost of living increase on that amount. And then you get the tax benefits on that. The most tax that you'll pay is on 85% of your social security. And by leaving those parts of the puzzle out, they often make the wrong decision. And we do what my Uncle Joe always said, measure twice, cut once. <laughs> so we, we look at all the different options and we lay it out. Things are a little easier now that Congress pulled away a, a couple of the options. It used to be 81 different choices we had with a married couple. And now we usually get it down to about five choices. And we figure out over their expectancy, number one, what's the dollar difference? But number two, what's the percentage probability of success on their overall financial plan by their social security? Now, if someone doesn't have investments, if they have no other alternative, then that doesn't matter. So there's no decision in that. If you're, if you're out of money, you need to take the social security. But if you're a successful person, it could really make a difference. So measure twice, cut once. There you go. Uncle Joe had it right. So that's the first question that for one of these simple questions, it isn't always so simple. And again, a lot of us do kind of fall victim to thinking, well, I want to turn it on as soon as I can. And it may be the right choice for you, but always find out for sure, because there is a lot of advantages to waiting if it's the right situation for you. Again, you need to find out before you take that action. Another place, another question here, George, is a truly diversified portfolio, designing one, will people say, yes, again, I want one. And I think I am. I think a lot of people do feel they are diversified. But when you start looking into it, you realize that they just have a collection of a lot of large cap stocks, maybe if they've got multiple mutual funds and things of that nature. You're right. And when we review for a second opinion on portfolios, we run an overlap report to show them the different holdings from the different funds. We get that information from Morningstar. 
which is an independent third-party company that provides investment data. And we find out they're not really diversified. People in the S&P 500 think they're diversified across the 500, but over 20% of their investment is concentrated in the top five stocks because it's capital weighted. The largest company by market capitalization is the biggest part of it. And they're not really diversified. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And I think that a lot of people do that. I was having a chat one day with a gentleman who said he was talking to a client and the guy had like 20 different mutual funds. And when he went through them, he really just had just tons of overlap, just tons of the same exact companies in there. And so the gentleman was confused as to when we'd have a pullback or something like even at the end of December of 18, why his portfolio would take such a hit, such a strong hit. And it was like, well, because you own Microsoft, you know, 17 times and it's the highest weighted one in this particular mutual fund, that kind of thing. So, you know, yeah, definitely making sure that you're truly diversified is a little harder than it sounds and working with a good professional can help you do that. Also picking target date funds. Again, that's one that we tend to do for the 401k, George. Well, a lot of times we wind up just saying 2040, that works because that's when I'm going to retire. So boom, give me that. Well, it makes the decision easier and it does give them some true diversification. And it's a kind of, if they pick the right date, they set it and forget it. So as they get closer to the retirement, their portfolio manager will change the portfolio. For the most part, more bonds and fewer stocks to reduce the volatility. And they do that automatically every year. But Congress did a a lot of uh, hearings after the financial crisis that a lot of people were let down by their um, target date funds. And there's been a lot of reforms in them, but it's better than nothing. As my uncle Joe used to say, it's better to be approximately right than precisely wrong. But in a lot of cases, you can do better with better choices and really personalize things. (laughs) Yeah. Uncle Joe was full of those good wisdoms, wasn't he? He's got a lot of good little uh, sound bites. The favorite chapter of, of my first book was the Uncle Joe's Gems. Uncle Joe's Gems. There you go. Well, let's stay with the 401k theme here, George, and talk about the rollovers. Now, rollovers have been very, very popular, and I would guess that in a lot of situations they can be useful, but you want to check first because I imagine there are some times when maybe it's just not the right thing. Yes, and it really depends. I guess the biggest concern is your age. If you're over 59 and a half, it really doesn't matter. Putting money into an IRA will give you better beneficiary options. But then if your credit is not so good, if there's a chance that you'll get sued, there's an absolute protection in bankruptcy for retirement assets. The other consideration for the 401k rollover is that you have access without penalty to your 401k money at age 55, not 59 and a half, if you leave the company. But then one of the other issues is there's mandatory withholding from a 401k, and there is no mandatory tax withholding from an IRA. So what that means is if you were taking $10,000 out of your 401k, if you needed $10,000, you would have to take out 12500 and then you would pay tax on the tax based on what uh, Uncle Gimme got from the withholding. Where with an IRA, if you wanted 10,000, you'd pull the 10,000 out and you'd only pay the tax on the 10,000. So that is another major consideration about doing a rollover. Yeah, and you know, a lot of us hear that there's more options and things of that nature, which is true. So again, before doing a 401k rollover, make sure you're having those conversations before you take the action so that you are doing the right steps for you. And the final piece here, George, on our five simple questions that aren't so simple. This one, I'm not really sure why I got it on the list because I don't think it is simple at all. And a lot of times we wind up just 
I think we're so afraid of, of the statement that we tend to not want to do anything about it. And that's addressing the cost of nursing home or long-term care, whatever you want to call it. And it winds up being one of the, probably the most overlooked areas of financial planning. Yeah. So it's really much simpler than it needs to be. It's basically, you're going to insure it or you're going to self-insure it. And again, we can look at the probabilities, but the longer you're going to live, the odds are you're, you're going to spend some time in a nursing home or more likely many people end up in a nursing home only because they don't have any other choice for care. But if someone has a, a good uh, stay at home plan, uh, home care, whether it's insurance or self-insured to get a little bit of help and keep them out of the nursing home, it will improve their quality of life. And it also costs substantially less. But it is a matter of you're going to insure it or the insurance company is going to insure it. And there's no other way around it. Well, and those are the five questions that we have for our simple retirement questions that aren't always so simple. Make sure that if you have some of these on your docket, you have a conversation with your financial advisor or reach out to George McReynolds at McReynolds Wealth Management. And don't forget to check us out on the podcast at prosperpodcast.com. That's prosperpodcast.com. Well, our final bit on the podcast this week, George, is going to be our email question that we got into the Prosper Podcast website, which is prosperpodcast.com. Again, that's prosperpodcast.com. It's from Harriet in Collegeville. And she says, George, my aunt died and left me a rental property that I just wasn't expecting. I've never been that interested in owning real estate like this, but I don't want to sell it because she clearly wanted me to have it. What do you think in a situation like this? Can you offer some advice? Well, there's a couple of things you should do, but the first thing is to sit down with a good tax advisor, because when you inherit that, all the capital gains disappeared. You got what's called a step up in the basis of the rental property. So if you sold it, there would be no tax, only on any appreciation that happened after the date of death. So that could be a major advantage if you wanted to diversify or, or do something else. But then also you'll be able to get depreciation, which is kind of a, uh, be able to depreciate that on that fair market value, which isn't money out of your pocket, but it does reduce your taxes. It's recaptured if you sell in a couple of years, but it does help you tax-wise. But if you're in a zero bracket or low bracket, that may not make any sense for you, where if you were in a higher tax bracket, that would be more of a, almost a subsidy to the rental. But once you decide whether you want to keep it after considering the cash flow that you're going to have after taxes, then interview a couple of experienced, established property managers, and then they can take care of most of the headaches for you. They can arrange for repairs. It's certainly not going to be cheap, but it'll help honor your commitment or, or your belief that your aunt wanted you to keep it. So uh, there are many around and just make sure that they've got some experience and they're not just dabbling in it. And a final thought to kind of think about, too, for that question is don't beat yourself up too much. She may have wanted you to keep it. She just may have just wanted to give you that gift. And it's really up to you what you need to do. It's best in your life. A lot of times we do see that when people get a gift from a loved one, they feel this obligation to maybe do something that there is really not there. It's just the gift that was given to you and you need to do what's best for you in that situation. But George brings up some great points. If you're thinking about keeping it, go through some of those options. If you're thinking about maybe getting rid of it. Make sure you're talking with the right people before you take those actions, Harriet. And George, as always, thanks for being here on the podcast. We had another good time, a lot of good information. I'll remind folks that they can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, and they can also just reach out to you uh, not only at the podcast website, but at your own website at mcwealth.com. That's mcwealth.com. George is a wealth manager and chief tax strategist at McReynolds Wealth Management. So reach out if you have some questions or concerns. 
concerns. And George, my friend, thank you so much. I hope that you continue to feel better and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate your help with this project. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. You as well. And we'll see you folks the next time here on the Prosper Podcast with George McReynolds. Subscribe to us at prosperpodcast.com. We'll see you later. George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management, registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced level tax planning, income, tax preparation, life coaching, and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice.